Carla. And I'm Sarah. Welcome to Creative Reboot. So colour and swearing and being 3,000% yourself, those are probably not your standard first impressions of business, are they, Carla? Definitely not, no. In fact, I would say the, the, the opposite is encouraged in, in corporate the corporate world. Absolutely. So we, by we, obviously I mean Carla and I, we believe that being professional has got nothing to do with your outfit. In fact, if um, you're working from home in a unicorn onesie or you've got purple hair and you swear quite frequently, then that's it's perfectly acceptable. You are just as professional as the next person. And those are real life stories, you should know. Uh, possibly more professional than the next person i would argue but this is is exactly what we're going to talk about definitely (laughs) we believe that it doesn't matter what you're wearing or the language you're using you are just as professional as anybody else and you can be just as great at at, at being a professional by being yourself which i think we've probably just both proved have we not i think we very much have yes so um possibly to the horror of previous employers but i am okay with that absolutely definitely i mean let's let's go right back to basics as i'm just kind of thinking first example for me would be my hair color in that when i was when i worked in the ambulance service it was unheard of to have someone with unusually colored hair um, working on the front line in front of patients and and things like that you know they they were very particular about piercings and facial piercings which i could kind of understand because of the risk of you know like from a safety type. safety point of view yeah, absolutely that's fair. yeah that's and fair. if someone grabs you that's going to potentially hurt yeah, yeah absolutely like, and yep. there was there was even at some point um there was a real sort of strictness about tattoos uh in areas that could be seen because obviously we had um shirts that came to like elbow length so um people had tattoos but as long as it was under the cover Hidden. of their mm-hmm. yeah exactly mm-hmm. it was fine and then eventually that changed and it suddenly people were allowed to start having tattoos as long as it wasn't anything offensive it was allowed it was it was deemed uh, okay and it didn't change uh, you know who, who you were as a professional because it you know being a paramedic was seen as a prof- it is seen as a professional um uh, position um yeah, so, but the hair colour didn't change for a long, long time. I think it has now, since I've left, ironically. Um, well, I think hair colour generally has changed. So when I first started mm. putting blue in my hair, which was six, six years, seven years ago. Has six, it been that long? A while ago. Yeah, it's been quite wow. a while. I was quite surprised. I mean, it was much. It was it was the, the, the bottom three inches of my hair, and it was a much softer blue than my current madness. Yeah, it's definitely um, stretched upwards now, wasn't yes. it? Yes. <laughs> it was also, also, crucially, before I met Verity. So yes. um, I feel like she has... She has knows how to do it and also has had a hand so she was the person that I said I don't know if I'm going to go all the way to the roots and she was like you're having a rainbow go to the roots I was like okay <laughs> so, I love her I love her so much so yeah but, but because I trust her to do it properly as well that makes yes. a difference yeah but when I first started doing that there were very few people with colour in their hair even on campus so I worked on the university campus at that point and well you'd kind of you expect just maybe more from like the you would expect more people yeah and, so yeah. <coughs> excuse me I didn't expect it necessarily in the job I had before that in London because I was working in a very corporate part of London it was all offices and, and finances and lawyers and you know it, it was a very sooty place of London mm. so I wasn't necessarily expecting mad stuff but when I came to the university I think I expected there to be more variety in yeah. hair colour yeah. and actually there wasn't and I have noticed very much in the last two or three years that suddenly it's become more normal to have 
colourful hair. Yes. Now, whether that's a social thing, whether that's a cognitive, uh, not cogn- what's the confirmation bias that because yeah. I've had more brighter hair, I've seen. I've yeah, had more yeah. Brighter hair. I've I also got an English degree, but you wouldn't know it, would you? Um, words for <laughs> because <laughs> because my hair has been more colourful and brighter. Perhaps I'm noticing more people. I'm not sure, um, but. Yeah, that that's definitely been. I think it's become more socially acceptable. So I'd imagine the ambulance services had to kind of adapt, um, as lots of workplaces yeah, have. Maybe. Yeah, 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 that could well be. But it, it was very much there. There was a real. I remember there was a real stigma in that, if 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 a paramedic turned up with tattoos or piercings or funny coloured hair, then there was an assumption that they didn't know how to do their job properly. Um, mm. which feels a little strange to, that's always felt a little strange to me even before well, I dyed my hair and it feels strange but it also feels very familiar to mm. me unfortunately so it that's feels strange sad. that I can't imagine why anyone would think that but I have come across it time and time again so I for a lot of my career um, I had long straight single colour brown hair that had never particularly been dyed apart from we won't talk about the tango orange in uh, in school <laughs> wow yeah well it went blonde then i put red over the top shouldn't have put red over oh, the top but anyway oh. yeah 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 it was bad there are no photos there are, there's no photo evidence because it was awful but anyway um so i had long straight brown hair um natural colored hair and um i have no tattoos because i'm absolutely bloody terrified of needles <laughs> and i only have one set of piercings in my ears and none anywhere else because i nearly only ended up with one hole in my ear because it hurt so much when i had it done i tried to run away and she had to do it by surprise to get the second one in <laughs> on the other side so as much as i love that style and i would love to have tattoos and and, and more pi- well maybe not so much more piercings because i'm really bloody clumsy but tattoos i would like mm. um i don't have them so actually I think I have seen lots of people treat me as though I am, you know, a professional person because of the way that I looked and the way that I used to dress. And then conversely, I have a dear friend who I won't name because she works in um, somewhere where I think the name would be problematic if they heard it. Right. Um, but she used to work with my mum and I when we when I tempt over here when I first moved to Essex. And she has got various tattoos, various piercings, always had like a streak of colour in her hair. Um, she's also one of the most intelligent, most switched on people I have ever met. But because she was young and had this particular style, I watched people treat her as though she knew nothing or as though she was somehow less than. And then I watched with delight as she outwitted them all. And went off and met her dreams and it was bloody brilliant. Yay! So, but but it's a, it was a very strange, it feels, and certainly in, in corporate London, when I, in, in my corporate jobs that I've been in, um, it was very frowned upon to... to wear even like a bright pair of earrings or a statement necklace it was like oh what are you doing that for it's not very professional is it and I was like is that affecting what's in my head is is that stopping me from typing oh I'm so sorry I didn't realize that affected my design skills and my brain well this is exactly Um, it isn't it all of that stuff is very surface and it doesn't mm, make you any different a a, you know a, a person or how your brain works or doesn't but I think it can sometimes denote a creative and there is a definite culture of hiring creatives and then trying to make them behave like non-creatives in the corporate world mm. which I think is problematic don't like that um I I've had to have at least two conversations in my life where I'm like you can have me in my corporate guys or you can have me as a creative but you don't get both yeah you know you can't have both sides of me mm. you know and 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 they were like oh <laughs> it's like, well, you hired me for the creative stuff, so what do you want? Do you exactly. want that? Exactly, yeah. Do you or do you want another and, drone? Yeah. It's up to you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, That's um, an interesting word you use there, drone, actually. Drone. Um... Mm. I think the way I actually described it was it was me being in a certain office, a certain previous office of mine, was like having a uh, a very loud, angry peacock 
in a room of slightly subdued pigeons. <laughs> I'm, um, I'm getting the definitely definitely getting the colour references there as well as to what. Yeah, you <laughs> unfortunately, that that got leaked. That article got leaked around that office, and they weren't very happy that I just got just got described them as subdued pigeons um <laughs> i didn't mean it against the people the people there were lovely but the clearly they also got the reference not... <laughs> they oh they definitely got the reference definitely got the reference um it was it was it was actually part of a, an article in career shifters so at least one of them was looking at moving jobs oh, wow. to get the career shifters email enough. so yeah, yeah. yeah. But anyway so that was quite entertaining um but it was true it was how i felt it wasn't a criticism it was just mm. how i felt yeah. um but but there there and many other places i've worked there's been this definite you know oh Oh, you look like that. Oh, are you not going to change those glittery boots before you go into a meeting? And I'm like, <laughs> no. <laughs> why would I do that? Oh, wow. um, and I really enjoy asking people why. I really enjoy actually, rather than just shrugging, I tend to say, well, why would I want to do that? Yeah. What difference would that make? And yeah. then they look at me and they're like, oh, I don't know. And it's great. I like I like making people uncomfortable in that sense. It's the, Maybe it, I'm a mean it, person. I don't know. No, not at all. I think it's really interesting because from the from my perspective, I've worked I worked a 20 year career where I had to wear a uniform, so. Um, the face you just pulled there was hilarious. <laughs> Not good at uniforms. I think I think we also heard the inhale of breath then as well. <laughs> but yeah, so obviously you have to wear a uniform. You're working for the ambulance service. You kind of you're you're projecting. You, a... you need people to recognise you as yeah yeah. Yes, no, unfortunately, still yeah. people still manage to think that we were police officers. Police officers sometimes and chase us and you know abuse us for that reason. But they're hey, not the same uniforms. I know by any stretch. That's really still, weird. Yeah. But okay. But um yeah so yeah so twenty years in a uniform kind of for me it was a the, the the thing I actually I really loved having the uniform because it meant I could get up in the morning and not have to think about what to put on. Um, oh, I never thought of that as being a. But that is a plus, not having to decide what outfit to wear. Yeah, yeah, would be yeah. lovely early in the morning, particularly on shift. If you're at stupid o'clock shift, exactly, be lovely. Yeah, if you're just get up, put it on, morning, and go. Yeah, yes. But, yes I mean, definitely. I'd I'd worked in offices before that, and for me, the the stress used to be getting up in the morning and thinking, oh bloody hell, have I worn this shirt this week? You know, or do mm. trying to because that was that was again a very sort of corporate atmosphere as well. So it was like you know having to almost having I mean, to wear a uniform of sorts, a set of shirts, yeah, and a set of trousers and actually, or skirts or that's whatever. That's just made me think. So in only one of my roles have I had to consider but I did have to consider it and it was hard work Mm. um when I worked at the library there wasn't a dress code as such because we wanted our customers to feel comfortable so it wasn't we needed to be sort of approachable and smart at the same time I suppose like smart casual was a thing yeah but you did have to be very careful about uh, particularly as as a female um and this was 10 to 15 years ago so things may have changed I don't know but you had to be very careful about how much flesh you had on show, whether your skirt was going to ride up, because you might be climbing on ladders to get a book, or you might be on the, you know, kneeling down to get something from a cupboard under the, you know. So you had to be very aware of what your clothes were doing because you were on public display for eighty yep. percent of your working day. Like yeah. there wasn't that much, you know, behind. And actually, if you were behind the scenes working, you were definitely climbing up, you know, in the stacks, moving books around. It was quite a physical job, and. Um, but not the kind of physical job that you could wear like joggers and a t-shirt for. So yeah. it was a very actually trying to choose what to wear for that. A uniform would have been quite nice in a weird way. Yeah. As much yeah. as I hate uniforms, something that was like stretchy but smart that fitted would would have actually been a, a bonus. I think. So yeah. that's that's an interesting. I'd not really thought about that. That's a good perspective um, to have. And certainly, I suppose for what you did, I'm guessing paramedic 
being a paramedic can be a bit messy sometimes and you don't necessarily yes. want to take your nicest clothes to go and get messy. No. <laughs> so I'm just remembering the time I delivered a baby and ended up with baby goo mm-hmm. all over my um all over the front of my shirt. Yes. I, I just I don't know how someone as lovely and sensitive as you did that and just didn't throw up <laughs> over your patients, but Oh, I once got thrown up on, so yeah, we won't go down that route. Yeah, that would be worse. Yeah. Um if someone tries so that I am I am well known among my friends. If someone starts puking, I will also start puking. It's a really inconvenient. <laughs> oh, you're and, one um, of those thr- people, yes. Yeah, and I've thrown up on at least one person's head while trying to be nice and hold their... So while oh. they're throwing up in a toilet, I hold their hair back and then she retched and then I retched and then it all got very horrible very quickly. Oh, wow. So um, I don't think nursing, paramedicking or anything like that is my uh, my forte, <laughs> sadly. But, do you know, though, talking about this uniform thing... I'm not going to come away from the vomiting because they're making people trying to eat their dinners and things like that. No, no, that's fair. (laughs) Um, You can cut that bit if you want. (laughs) Well, we'll see. Um, Yeah, going sort of stepping outside of the ambulance service, actually, then to working for myself. I I think it was actually some of the some of the reason that I really um, some of the ways that, in fact, I I feel like I'm trying. How am I? I'm trying to formulate my words and not doing a very good you're thinking out loud yes, but I, I quite like it it was the I quite like it it was the stepping outside of the ambulance service and then going and getting a tattoo and going and getting my hair dyed and what else did i do just choosing some of the clothes that i wore and that felt that stuff felt like eventually that i suddenly became me and i was growing and i could see where my business oh, was going as a, as a result of that so that's really lovely yeah so i think that's why i kind of have a real bugbear with people who feel like those sorts of things don't make you a professional person well I think I mean one of my earliest experiences with expectations of professional dress and I say that with inverted commas Mm. um versus you know me as a human being who can do a job was when I went for my um my internship interview which turned out to be the internship that I took um at the telegraph which is obviously you know quite a corporate paper um as as telegraph as telegraphs as newspapers go yep. it's quite a formal one it, it you know lots of people did wear suits there and i i do remember going and be feeling a bit like oh am i going to fit in because i had had um an almighty row with several people um where i had suggested that what i was going to wear was an electric blue dress with bright red shoes bright red mary janes and people said oh no you can't wear that to an interview and i said why not and they were like well, that's not what people wear to an interview i was like i'm not people with me exactly and i'm probably gonna i mean i do actually remember when i got that job at at least one point i wore hot pants to the office and and spike (laughs) heels um and some very interesting printed dresses like really wild prints and stuff and i knew if i was going to go into like a job job i was going to want to express my personality through what i wore I i mean the hot pants i was young and i was 19 they were probably not the best so, you know they, they they maybe were a mistake but I knew that I wanted to express my personality and I didn't want to frighten them I didn't want them to give me a job based on them thinking I wore black and white and navy blue and then you turn and then I turn up things. in you know yeah. big clashing patterns I was like you know I'd rather you don't hire me if you don't like what I look like and to some extent I've always been like that mm. um I know when I started at the university and I was doing burlesque and a few people said to me oh you know you, you don't what, what happens if the press office and I was like oh they keep my cuttings for me they're great and actually, if they had a problem with it, I wouldn't be working here exactly. because that's a big part of my identity and that's a big part of, of, you know, something that I do for joy and for inspiration. And, and that's not something that I feel they should be censoring because they are just my job, not my keeper. Exactly. Yeah. but And also, the, I think it needs to be defined that line between um, how you look and what professionalism really is. I think professionalism goes way deeper than the clothes you're wearing mm, and, and the way I that you... So 
you know that you present yourself but i think i think being professional and being perceived as professional are two different things annoyingly oh in um yeah unwrap that please just so i think being professional i mean we will probably go into this um (laughs) the bit that's just caught my eye in our notes is don't get your foof out in the office that's probably not professional i'll give you that it depends Um, on where your office is you know it does depend on what you're doing yes i'll give you that too but you know work might um, be (laughs) <laughs> there is there is a story behind that we'll, we'll get into that later however um on the whole professionalism to me is doing the job that is required of you well mm. on time setting expectations meeting or exceeding those expectations and yeah. when i say job i mean either a job you're employed to do a job that you are hired or contracted to do a job that you have chosen to do whatever it is you're doing whether you are self-employed employed somewhere in the middle um i i feel like doing the thing that you doing your profession in a suitably competent manner i would say god i sound really posh all of a sudden um (laughs) being competent is is to me what being professional is and treating your clients well and treating your peers well and you know not ghosting people it is a whole like you say it goes so much deeper and i think that's what being professional is and Mm. we can probably explore that a bit more i think being perceived as professional very much depends on the person doing the perceiving Mm, yeah um These but then the i quite that like challenging in. that yeah well yeah, and this is the thing yeah really challenging, enjoy challenging that is interesting that. yeah yeah um so yeah it's, it's a really funny one um i think there's another another layer to this is that sometimes because we are female we are considered good at some things and not so good at others and we are considered to be better at certain professional things and less good at others. And I don't think this is as overt as it used to be, but it definitely comes out. Um, and I know when I've done more technical stuff with websites and things, people have then raised their eyebrows and said, oh, but you're a girl. And I'm like, yeah, I don't use my foof to code. <laughs> Which is where that, that don't get your foof out came from. It is, um, yes. But uh, can and you I imagine? Think, I've just got a horrible mental image. I, I'm so sorry for the mental image I've yeah. just given. But but you know, I think I think that is a thing. I think that they it's it's like some people have a mental block on what certain professional certain professionals do and what professionalism looks like. And yeah. I, I think there is a there is a definite disconnect there. But I don't know how we fix it. It's crazy. It is crazy. It's it's like the um. There's this. I. I do you know? It's it's hard. I think because we. I know. I probably did it at the beginning of running my business is that I thought I had to be a certain way to be considered a professional and you know things like the language that I used in my letters and or on my email language oh language language great (laughs) one you know it's it's something that I'm always shouting about now when I'm saying to people why are you saying we on your website when it's just you why why are you doing this but it's that I think it is. It's that 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 idea that oh, you know, to be considered a professional, I have to put this this air on and make it seem that I'm someone and that, much bigger I think, than comes I actually from, am. From other people's perceptions and 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 I mean, I think there are some industries. So I know there are some industries where you will not get the work unless you are a limited company and pretend you're bigger than you are. Mm. And that's fine if that's your industry, if you know that that's the case. But I also think there is space for people to challenge that and say, do you know what? I'm only X size but I can still do this, this and this. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think there is that, I don't know, it's a funny one. Um, I mean, I know that um, one of the things that, that we've been talking about quite recently, actually, is that in my, so one of my joint ventures is with family. 
And I think all of us actually have seen each other over the year. We've been working together and we have seen each other in different lights. Mm. So rather than just, you know, uncles, aunts, nieces, we have, well, one niece, that's me. Um, we've suddenly seen each other as business people yeah. and we've seen the wealth of knowledge and experience that we all have that we maybe hadn't really thought about or bothered to notice before. We must have seen to some extent to agree to work together, but we hadn't really acknowledged it. Yes. And I think that, that I have been, you know, amazed and surprised and, and delighted by how much that, you know, they all, they all have that is so different from my experience and that, that it can really enhance what I bring. I think they may have also been quite surprised because Carla, who dresses like a toddler and acts like an eight-year-old, is actually quite a capable businesswoman. Funny that. Quite good at quite a lot of stuff. Yeah. Um, and I don't think, because I'm not very good at saying I'm good at stuff, I think it, it, it has really surprised. It's a really interesting. And the perception is like, oh, you know, Carla's a bit daft and she's great with kids. And actually, there is more to me than... than and I'm only great with kids because I think the same way as your eight-year-old. It's not because I'm a particularly... Um, maternal human being but you know you're in touch um, with your childlike side child is what you are my childlike yes. side yeah your yes. inner child yeah so but again that has often counted against me in terms of professionalism um people say things like oh you know glitter boots and i'm like well what 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 difference do the boots i'm wearing make to what i'm gonna say in this meeting you can't even see them they're under the desk well, it's really Carla, weird. Really, I'm sure you pro you probably know that it means if you've got glitter boots on, you can't add up your numbers properly, and you can't you, you know you you suddenly lose. Function. Well, then where are where are these non glitter boots that mean I'm good at maths? Because I would pay good money for those. <laughs> if I you know if I could ditch the glittery boots and wear boring boots, but I could actually do sums in my head, I would so pay money for those. Would well, yeah, but would you? No, I think I'd just rather keep. The yeah, glittery I would. Boots. I would. I've got to do my tax return tomorrow. I totally would. <laughs> Current, if it was just February, if it, if it was February, she wouldn't be feeling this way. <laughs> true, true. Well, it will be February when this comes out. So. Good point, definitely. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, but um, it's, go on, carry on. I interrupted. Oh, no, 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 no. It's fine. I was just having a rant. I think. Um, in fact, this is this is an excellent. But also, I think I think language actually. While we're talking about language, I think that's one of my biggest bugbears. Is I see people who. They get so frustrated in corporate life and then they leave, which is very brave and they set up on their own and it's wonderful and they're doing wonderful things. And then you and you talk to these people and they are wonderful and they are personable and they are human. And then you get an email and it's like it's been written by a robot. Yeah. And you just think, like, where did your personality go? Did, exactly. did the keyboard eat it? Like, yeah. what was that? And it's really odd. And I know a lot of it's conditioning. I know a lot of it is is habit. You know, if you've worked in a job for 20, 25 years and, you, you know, that's that's how you've had to speak to your clients in that job then it's hard to break that habit. But I don't think any of us quit our jobs or, or even started sidelines, side hustles and, you know, second businesses or side businesses. None of us started that to say, dear sir or madam, heretofore, I would like you to understand that. Like, it's just that's not how anybody talks. It's not how anybody speaks at all. Well, do you know, that's, so, that's a really good thing to bring up there because that's it's something I talk about quite a lot being a copywriter and obviously talking ooh. to people. But... It, I feel like it's not necessarily always corporate that's to, to blame. I feel like academics oh. is also a, a problem with oh, that. Oh, yes. We've Never been... use one word where you could use 37. Oh, absolutely. You know, the, the, the only reason I managed to write these thousands of words essays is because I put a lot of extra stuff in that doesn't need to be there, quite frankly. Mm -hmm. But um, it's it's very, you're yeah, to write academically, you're taught to write a very formal and set way, aren't you? People don't teach mm -hmm. you how to write in a way that sounds like you. And my thinking behind that is because if you've got a t one teacher and 30 students, she can't tell you how each of you how to write 
in your in individual your own style. style. No, of course you can't. It's just not or possible. Yeah. You know, they, yeah, yeah, they need to be able to teach you in a set manner so that you can write your essays and get your marks and, you know, do very well in, in your future and, and all the rest of it. That's that's their job, isn't it? So It is, but I do think there should be more flex, possibly. I can see how it would make it harder to mark as well, particularly mm. in, a, in a course that is I'd like to see there be more based. encouragement maybe towards the but end of your scholastic career yeah to, a bit of flex so that you, and... you can have your own you know you can look at your own style and, and maybe you know bend the rules a bit to fit how you are mm. rather than fitting with you know academics from time immemorial who all actually are indistinguishable from each other yes. in style yeah that, that i think is actually quite sad because all of those academics will have had very specific and unique interests and skill sets and things they wanted to talk about yeah actually they all look actually really interestingly it's a slight size weight but but similar i worked on the rebrand of um the university's website when i was working there and we did a really interesting we got an agency in to look at um you know what we needed to do and and work out the scope and what they did is they took our website and then they took i think it was seven or eight other university websites from all different types of university and they screenshot the homepage and they took out the logos and they gave them to us and nobody could tell which one was which. Wow. Nobody in the room. There were about 40 of us in the room and none of us could tell which one was which. Because basically, at some point, a university got a website and then all the other universities followed suit. And then at some point, a university changed their website and all the other universities followed suit. And then that has just happened for the whole of the existence of the internet. And I found this so interesting. Um, and they talked about the concept of the lighthouse being a lighthouse brand, mm. which I feel like works very well for personal branding, which yes. I guess is kind of what this is about, isn't it? It the, is. The, the, being, having a personal brand, being being your, not necessarily, even if you don't have a business, you, you still have a personal brand. And yes. I think that's a really important and maybe we'll have a whole... Maybe we'll have a whole episode on personal branding. Maybe that would be interesting. That would be good, actually. But, yeah. Um, I feel that this lighthouse concept is not something I'd come across until then. And it's about standing out. It's about doing your own thing, standing out and not worrying about what everybody else in your sector is doing. So if you are a sportswear manufacturer, don't follow what Adidas and Nike are doing. Do something else. Yes. Um, and actually, the example they used was actually taking the university and making it more like a consumer website. Or like a retail, t- not retail, but making it less like an academic website and more like a. Well, because my thinking you know, would to, be to make it actually a bit you, different. Yeah, if you're gonna, if you who who is it you're trying to attract to a university? Yep. Students, who are you talking isn't to? It, really, students. Yeah. Typically well, students of a certain age. I know you've got older, yeah. mature students and stuff as well, but typically they are students of a certain age. So if you're just going to be talking to them academically, the chances are you're you're just going to be one of a sea of universities that they're looking at aren't you so yeah yeah so mm. and it's about standing out and i think actually that's quite relevant to to what we're saying is that actually you can stand out and be yourself yes um and i think it's not i mean i have had a stupid number of jobs now um but i have brought people with me from every single job because people remember me mm. people recognize me and remember me because i'm not standard yeah. i've never been standard even when i was dressing standard and had standard hair i was never standard in what i said and and how i came across and how i presented myself and i'd always argue a point or i'd you know and i i think that's quite uh, it is a confidence thing yes. but i also think it what is the point of spending your working life being someone you're not exactly yeah i think it's so important just to be yourself and, and bring that to the table because that's when the exciting stuff happens that's the way definitely. i always look at it most you know definitely. yeah and um, something that I know you talk about a lot, and we will link to your blog post on it, but maybe you could sort of expand a little bit, mm. is that I think 
the sort of next wave. So I think a lot of people start out being very either very academic or very corporate or a mixture of both in their business. Yeah. And then they go, oh, I should probably, you know, relax. So they relax a bit and then they discover SEO <laughs> and then they start writing for Google. Oh, fucking SEO. Can we talk about that a little bit? <laughs> And I know this is one of your bugbears, so would you like to expand a little bit on that? It and, is, and what we should yeah. be doing instead, I mean, or what we could be doing that's better? I, I absolutely get it. SEO is important in the grand scheme of being able to have your business, your website searched for. Go on. We should probably say what SEO is oh, for anyone who yes. doesn't know. yes. Search engine optimization. So, so making sure Google knows who you are basically, and where you are and how or, to find yes, you. Yes, I also call it Google juice. That is my other phrase for it. Google juice. Yes. Yeah, I quite like that. Um, so, yeah, so it's, it's using terminology on your website that is searched for by search engines like Google. Obviously, Google is the main one, but there are others. There are plenty of others. Um, so that they find your your uh, content and share it with people when they look for a particular phrase that you might have written in your blog post, for example. So, yeah, so there's there is this big belief that that is what needs to be. uh, It needs to be like the dominant factor when you're writing a a blog post. And I I I am flying the flag for saying that is a load of old bullshit. Basically, I I think it's total crap. And I hate the fact this idea of you should only write for SEO and for Google and for all the robots. Well, it means, and... I think, that you end up writing in an equally formal but differently formal way, doesn't yes. it? It doesn't come out naturally. It doesn't It doesn't have your personality. If you're trying to write for a search engine, you're not writing for the people you actually need to reach, which are your clients, Exactly. If you're repeating a, 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 a set, set of keywords, you know, 20, 20, 12, 15 times in a, in a 500-word article, it sounds ridiculous. How many people actually say... A specific a keyword, you know, that many times. It's you know, it's it's not natural. Um, I'm very much about. For me, it's always about it, everything that you put out should be. It's yeah, absolutely. It needs to have some keywords in there because otherwise, people don't get to see the content if Google doesn't find it and show it to people. However, it needs to be readable. People need to actually get to that content and read it and go, hey, this is really interesting. I'm going to share it with other people now because that's equally, if not more important. Oh, I'm getting on my little fired up. She's on a little soapbox, but it's, I know, I know, it's, 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 it's one of, and I think it's something that I've, I've heard you, I know you, you kind of, is light up the right word? Mm. Can you, li- like, you do light up, but in a like, oh, I wish people wouldn't do yes. that. Um, and you want to change it and, and educate people as to why. And I think it's really valuable because, you know, I think especially when you are learning, because, you know, business owners, as we've said before, have to wear so many hats mm. and do so many things mm. that it can be quite easy to drown in a sea of, I've got so much to do, I'm just going to follow the instructions for everything because some of it might stick. And the trouble is, each person who, I mean, we were talking um I can't remember who I was talking to actually or when it was at some point last year I had a conversation with someone who said yeah the ideal you know for SEO the ideal is like a a blank page with nothing to distract and then just the keywords and the um, you know the right things that 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 people are searching for that you need to say and then well labeled images but not too big and not you know that's not going to work for everybody that that is the ideal but the ideal is never going to and the ideal in many things is never going to work in reality so you actually you you kind of keep it in mind but then you write for the people who you want to attract yes you write for the people who if you're if it does get shared they're gonna go oh you're in my head yeah she gets me she really gets me that's what you want yes um 
And that's not as easy as it sounds. That's why you hire people like Sarah to do your writing for you. (laughs) (laughs) This is the thing, though. Um, People say, I know you say it's not as easy as as it sounds, but I think it's because people overthink it. They think it needs mm. to be something more than that, and it really doesn't. It's... Well, one of my favourite tricks for that, actually, is to um, is to just explain it to your best friend and record it. Exactly. And then type what you've said and then take out the any bits that... I mean, I never take out the sweary bits because swearing, much to my poor mum's uh, <laughs> sadness... Horror. ...is actually... An, an, it's, it's a really um, important part of my brand. Mm. Um, I never planned it that way. I didn't intend it that way, but it has become that way. Same, um, yeah. It's not offensive swearing. It's, it's swearing as punctuation, but it is what it is. It's what I do... People expect it. Sometimes if I if I haven't done it for whatever reason, people are like, are you feeling all right? You haven't said fuck for about 15 minutes. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> sauce. Do you find, though, um, as a, actually, this is something I noticed about myself recently, is that when I'm doing a consult with a brand new person that I've not met before and all I've ever, all I've known about them is the little form that they filled in, um, you know, to get in touch with me initially. So I've got no kind of idea of where they stand on swearing i do tend to find i'm very cagey about doing it during our little 20 minute consult that's interesting no i don't hold back at all the only time i will moderate is if someone so like lovely kate when we interviewed her the other day and mm. she said oh no i don't really swear and so i deliberately didn't yes. as much as i could yeah because i feel like if that's somebody's preference i'm perfectly capable of working with that preference um and that's fine and it's not a problem at all but in my natural day-to-day um yeah it's not something i think i'm going to be i've been trying to curb it for a really long time and i've now given up and just accepted it is part of who i am i wonder so. actually do you know I'm, I'm wondering it partly it might be a cultural thing as well because i've noticed i've only really started doing it since i've been here in canada and i thought you were going to say since you met me I was like, oh, oh no, god no it's like one is it <laughs> what the swearing no i swore a yeah. long time before i met you Carla. Oh, good. So. Good. Good. you probably started swearing before i did you're a little bit older 20 than me, years so, in the know. ambulance service you can't get through you definitely that well it. i learned at newspapers you see that was the thing i didn't i didn't actually swear as day to day until i worked at a newspaper for a couple of years yeah. and then that was me ruined for life so. <laughs> um but i'm fine with it but again i think you know that what comes out of my mouth actually doesn't have any impact mm. on my ability to do a job absolutely or my ability to you know my my ability to take photos is unrelated to my hair color my body parts what i'm wearing what i'm saying um maybe what i'm saying in the sense that i'll probably make you laugh and then you'll get better photographs so it's related in that sense but yeah it doesn't actually impact negatively or positively no. actually it just it just is who it's not it's not related i don't i don't think appearance and and how you are and personality is related to professionalism in the way that people assume that it is absolutely i totally agree with that i mean say for me i feel like professionalism goes way deeper than it's 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 much deeper than skin surf you know surface so level. what what else how else would we describe we touched on it briefly but let's go a bit deeper what else do we think professionalism what what is professionalism well, how do we i think uh, probably some examples are, is probably a good way to go and obviously without naming names because we don't want we're certainly not here to make people don't feel anyone. awkward yeah definitely. of course not but you know I, i'm sure we've all um got in touch with businesses before to hire them for one reason or another for a service typically um and somewhere along the way that service has fallen short and i mean i know as as an example um if i've uh uh trying to do it without being really specific but having booked someone for a service only to find a they've not the, the communication's been really lax 
um, and I've had to keep chasing them via email or they've just not been doing the service and I've been mm. messaging to say, what, hey, You've what's happening? Yeah, I'm paying yeah, you money, yeah. what's going Actually, on? Actually, I think, and... I think communication then is probably one of the biggest ways yes. that you can enhance your professionalism because Usually. I know that in things as small as when I've ordered something and they say it's going to turn up and so I go and wait at the studios and then by 6pm it's still not there yeah. and I've tried calling them three times and everyone's like, oh no, it's definitely on its way and I'm like, it's clearly not on its way, is yeah, it? Yeah, I'm still and sitting it, here and it's Then it turns up three days later when I'm not there and actually that anger and frustration and then I won't recommend the company and actually I'll actively say to people no don't use them because they're not very reliable Mm. I don't tend to bad mouth but I will be honest if somebody says you know what was your experience with so and so I will tell them whether it's been good or bad and um, whereas I will go out of my way to tell people if it's good I've just bought a rug from an amazing place and I have been telling everybody I know who's doing up their houses because it's not it's not somewhere I'd used before I took a bit of a gamble and they were bloody amazing but this is the thing word of mouth because they told me thing yeah absolutely but one of the reasons I'm so thrilled is that when I placed the order I immediately got a confirmation which is normal Mm -hmm. and then the following day I got an email which I don't think was automated that said uh, this is when we expect your rug to arrive we will send this is the tracking number that we will use so they'd obviously packaged it up put the number and then they were waiting for it to be collected which is fine Um, and then it actually said this tracking number will not um, show until the day so you'll get an email on the day of your delivery and then you'll be able to track whether it's out so there was none of that stress where you click on it and it says it's not in the system and then you get stressed it was like oh I know it won't be in the system until such and such a day and it was just the communication was so clear whereas I've had other things I've ordered in the past where I have literally been waiting for weeks for them Mm. and I can't get hold of anybody and whereas if someone had said I'm so sorry we've had a bit of an issue or even I'm so sorry I accidentally knocked some wine over my keyboard and I've lost all my data and I'm gonna have to wait until my IT guy restores it before I can send your order that's fine I'm human I understand I just need to know so I'm not like you know worrying about it so I think that's a big communication is huge um and making sure that people know. And then I think the other thing I would say that for me, I'd still sometimes, you know, slip up on when I'm overwhelmed, but I am trying to manage it a lot better. And it is something I think all small business owners struggle with is um, is promising and delivering. Mm, yes. So trying to learn to under promise and over deliver is better than accurately promising and under or accurately delivering. Yes. Um, Try or worse, say that three times over promising and accurately, unaccurately or under delivery. Oh my god, that was far more complicated. That sounded really good in my head, and then it came out of my mouth. It didn't work so well. Um, I'm confused. Basically, <laughs> but you know that that thing of of managing is it managing expectations? Yes, I suppose all of that comes under, doesn't it? Managing the expectations yeah. of your clients, of your inquiries, also of your peers, and how you know your. Um, I've had some, you know, lovely experiences recently where I've referred work on and then when the client has gone back to that person, the other photographer has come back and said, your client has tried to book me again. What would you like to do? Ah, Do you want me to take it? Do you want me to... Do you want it? Like, what would you like to do? And I, I think that's actually a really... I, to me that marks a true professional Definitely. because it would be so easy for them to just take the job and I would never have known about it. Exactly, yeah. But to actually and then come back that, to you and say, hey, look, they, they want to book yeah, me again. Are you yeah. happy for me to do that? They want to book that? me again. Yeah. I'm really happy to say, no, I'm passing you back to Carla. Um, actually, in that specific case, um, it wasn't something that I could physically get to at the time. So um, she's taken it again and it's been fine. And I suspect that'll be a long-term relationship for them. And I'm delighted. Yeah. But... I, I really appreciated her coming back to me. Yeah, yeah definitely. I really appre- and I wasn't expecting it at all. I, I, you know, I was expecting either that I would get contacted by the company or that I'd never hear from them again. Yeah. But I, I feel like that, for me, that is a mark of a true professional. And that makes me really glad that I recommended her yes. because it means that she is a professional. Yeah. And so that 
and and also i think recommending other people comes under professionalism because you have to be sure that the person you're recommending matches your standards of professionalism otherwise it does impact your reputation yeah oh how does reputation and professionalism go together oh my goodness now we're delving into a whole big subject that we've not written any notes on carla i know sorry <laughs> maybe maybe a subject um, for another podcast but actually maybe a subject for another podcast but yeah that um, idea of representation because actually that's probably a good one in in that i've you know i've been asked before for referrals to other service providers and i will only refer people that i know either that i've worked with myself and i know i can trust them or um i just know who they are and i know that they're going to do a, a professional you know a professional job, job, a of good it. job. yeah absolutely yeah. that leads me to think of something else actually if we get inquiries and again every business owner will get this at some point Mm. if you get an inquiry and you know that you don't know how to do that yet or it's not within your current skill set i think there is a um a misconception that you have to say yes and pretend because being a professional like if you've turned professional in you have to say oh yes yes i can do that even if that then makes you sick for six weeks while you anticipate the whatever it is the session the shoot the um, project whatever it is you've, you've agreed to yeah um and i've been really pleasantly surprised um the, the few times that's happened to me when i've actually then gone back to the client the inquiry and said do you know what i would absolutely love to do that i have got some of the kit and some of the skills can we agree a um, you know, I would really love to do this project for you, but can we agree a rate that is not my usual rates on the understanding that it's a bit of a trial? And I'm learning, yes. And I'm learning. And, and they've often said, oh, do you know what? I haven't, this is the first time I've had to commission this. I didn't really know what I was asking for. That'd be great. Yeah, let's do that. And then they have inevitably been joyful, brilliant projects. And we have both come away with new skills, new things we've learned, you know, a really great, usually because I am a professional and I am, you know, I will ask for help where I need it and do things. They've come away with a professional result. I've come away with new skills and it's just been a brilliant thing. But I think there is a misconception that saying, no, I can't do that is somehow unprofessional, whereas I would argue the opposite. I absolutely would definitely would agree because I had a very similar um, situation last year, actually, where a client got in touch, uh, uh, an inquiry got in touch looking for a sales page. And at that point, I had never written a sales page before. I knew I could. I knew, you know, I knew it was a matter of learning the skills and 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 figuring and figuring out how to do it, but I'd never actually physically done one before and I, I, I maybe it's just I'm fearful of that if you try and bullshit someone they're going to want proof and I don't have the proof kind of thing and I don't want to bullshit exactly. I know too many people that will say oh I've been doing this for x amount of years when actually they've been doing it for not as many amount exactly. of years as they say or they've yeah. been doing something slightly different for that amount of years or someone will say oh when I'm an expert blah de blah blah and actually I suppose expert you can claim with anything but I don't want to be in the position where I'm like oh actually I don't know how I can back that exactly. up I'd rather just be honest yeah, yeah 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 and that's exactly what I did I went back to her and I said look I'm telling you now I've never done one of these before this would be a first time for me but she'd shown me an example of what she was looking for and I'd read this example and thought I know I can do better than that you can do that yeah, yeah so and that's why I told that. her yep. I said I, I I don't have anything to show you to, to prove that what I, you know that but I, here are my other writing things exactly yeah yeah absolutely and I think my for me as well my promise there was yes this is going to be a bit of a learning uh, exercise for me but I will ensure you are not going to go away disappointed because I'm not going to let yes. you go away disappointed. That's... Yes, and that's exactly what, yeah. I mean, my one is, is currently still ongoing. It's a much bigger project and we're working on it together. Mm. Um, but I basically said, look, you know, I will not charge you any more than this if it is 
if I've overestimated the time it will take, I will obviously, you know, adjust accordingly. Mm. But if I have underestimated, I will just suck that up as a learning exactly. curve. Exactly, yeah. And actually, it turns out it was more or less spot on, which I'm quite proud nice. of. Nice, well done. Pandemic has buggered up a couple of bits of it, but so far, it looks like I'm more or less spot on, which I'm really pleased about because it was it was a professional guesstimate. Yes. It was not in any way an estimate in the same way that my other work is estimate yeah. because it was a new, yeah. new thing to me. So... I think that's really, but then see, I think to me, I think all of that is part of being a professional, yes. as well as being professional. Yes, I agree, and I think and it's, I, it's again, the way, I know there's a two slightly different things. It's the things, way but... in which you manage it. Again, it's setting those expectations yeah. from the very yeah. beginning. It's communicating them. It's actually yeah. saying. And in, you know, in communicating, I think sometimes um, something. Actually, my dad always used to say to me, and I think as a teenager, I was like oh, rolling your eyes. And actually, as an adult, I've realised it's really valuable. It's not always what you say; it's how you say yes. something. So I have had people who have sort of brushed me off and then I've had people who have said, I'm so sorry, I can't fit you in at the moment, but here is my schedule when I am available. Two totally different ways of saying, no, I can't fit you in right now. Mm. Yeah. Like, you know, the, the, the end result is the same. I can't have that thing right now. But the way I felt is, is like... And which one of those apart. are you then likely to pick? The one that says, you've got to wait six months, but I can fit you in in six months. Yeah. Because actually I'm willing to wait six months because I know I'm going to feel looked after and exactly. not brushed aside. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. I feel valued. I think some of it is about yes. making people feel valued, yeah, isn't it? I, I think Because we do value. I really value my clients. Oh, I think they're bloody brilliant. They're amazing. Without my clients, um, I don't get to pay my bills. I am ve- right? I very much appreciate my clients and the fact um, that they trust Without my to... clients, I have to go from swearing to suit wearing. <laughs> and I'm not okay with that. Oh, so. oh there's a little... Um, uh, hashtag there I think that's a good one yep yep um and I don't want to go back to suit no, wearing so no. I am very you know very uh, and I hope you know and as I say I think the other thing that with all of this is that we are setting very high standards as we're speaking nobody is going to meet those standards all of the time no. you know I do not meet those standards all of the time but what I do do constantly is communicate yes so when I know I'm getting towards a deadline it's not going to happen or like when December got a bit crazy because of the and actually all the way through last year when things got postponed and things have been changed and things I thought I was going to be able to do then restrictions come in and I can't yeah what I have tried to do is proactively communicate with my clients rather than waiting for them to say oh is this still happening exactly I've tried to be the person that says hi I am so sorry but I don't think this is going to go ahead let's get another date in the diary you know and then i'll and, and reassure them with things like you know your deposit will roll over and if we have to postpone that one it won't cost you anymore and you know all of the things that i know they'll be worrying about yes. to try and you're, preempt yeah that. you're 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 answering all of those concerns yeah. before they so even, even if you can't yeah, yeah. Mm. and even if you can't meet the original deadline and that that goes the same if you've got personal shit going on yeah. or you know for whatever reason you've committed to something and you can't do it i think communication is probably the biggest way of keeping your Definitely. professional it is not about oh I'll just dye my hair black and it'll be fine. It's you know you can keep the rainbow hair and then you can and just talk send to a couple more emails. It's fine. Send a few more emails. Yeah, definitely. Or video notes or whatever, whatever, it is, you whatever your communication is. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I do. I think that's a really important um, part of it actually. And then I suppose that takes us quite nicely to stop worrying about what everybody else is doing. Yes. Oh, there isn't that um, a thing. That's that really is a thing. Oh, you know that it's a terrible that, thing. that um that that writer over there. They do it this way, and they charge this much, and then you know, oh, yeah. maybe I should be doing that. And they've got so and so going to them, and like, oh, how did she get that person? And then you look at your own, and you're like, actually, actually, just stop worrying about it and deal with your clients in your way, and don't worry what anyone else is doing. Exactly. Because no one can be you. No, this is very true. That's very trite, isn't it? But it's true. No one can be us. If you are 3,000... And actually, I, I will I will point out there, you said at the beginning, being 3,000% yourself. Mm. That was actually one of my um, like guiding statements. I love it. Uh, it needs I, to go on a t-shirt or something. It, it does. It, well, it's, it's written up here in really bad handwriting, but um, 
I scribbled it one day when I wasn't feeling great and pinned it in my... I must do a picture, actually, of my little things up there. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, the more myself I have been... So when I stopped being 100% myself and started being 3,000% myself, everything got better. Yeah. The clients I'm getting are more aligned to me. I'm getting more clients. They are much happier about paying my raised prices. I've raised my prices three or four times and it's been absolutely fine and we'll do it again in April. Um you know the the packages that the, the people that I'm working with so the the people that go with my business are are working better yes. you know I'm getting the right people are coming to I'm just attracting the right people um and it there's a lot less awkward conversations and there's a lot less like stress yeah and it's lovely yeah and I think so much of it is coming from and just being able to say things you know lots of people have said to me I mean okay maybe this is not going to happen after this year but up until up until March last March 2020 People said to me at least once a week, some well-meaning person would say, but why don't you shoot weddings? You take such lovely photos. You should shoot weddings. And I'm like, dude, I'm a lifelong choice. Sing- like, I like being single. I don't really like... I love going to my friends' weddings. I've got no intention of ever getting married. I don't want a partner. I don't like kids. I don't think weddings are my jam. Oh, my God. Also, quite like my weekends. Um, Don't particularly like shooting for 10 hours on the trot. You know, I really enjoy businesses because they tend to be normal, normal amounts of hours. Um... <laughs> this is making me sound work shy and it's really not but you know i know i've i've shot weddings it's not that i've never tried it i've shot weddings and people say oh but you should try this and there are there have been points because wedding photography generally commands higher fees than pretty much any other type of photography there have been points where i've gone maybe that's something i should introduce like i could do it i could do it and then i sit back and i go but actually if you are three thousand percent no you bloody don't you've been a bridesmaid 13 times no you don't want any more weddings in your life unless they are someone you really love (laughs) Um, you know, if, if it's a friend I really love, I will go to their wedding. If it's a random, I'm not going to their bloody wedding. Just the fit so, obviously doesn't do it for you, yeah. Definitely not. <laughs> and so I think that's that thing of like, and so then I lent and I was like, no, I don't shoot weddings. I don't shoot families. I shoot, because again, don't really, I mean, I've enjoyed the families that I've shot, mm. but I don't think I want to spend lots of my time with small people. Yes. Yeah. Because they're quite stressful. So... I shoot brand and I shoot businesses and I shoot products and then I shoot boudoir and mermaids because that's really joyful for me and that's really fun and everything has got better since I just accepted that and started shouting about that. Absolutely. And I think that's that's Um, the same for me as well in that, um, you know, I've been asked before about writing for... Um, you know these big um, software Tractors Weekly. Oh, you know, just no things like um, like financial papers and oh. you know the the just all of the kind of technical stuff. And you can tell I'm... from the way that you're trying to say it. Can't I can't you? even the way get the way talk about it. You can't. We can't. It's like oh, do I really no, want to like? No, just don't want yeah. to do it. I mean, it turns out actually, it seems to be my niche really is becoming photographers now. I seem to be writing more and more okay. photography. And actually, weirdly, I'm now being remembered for that because I got a referral from someone the other day who was looking for a copywriter for photographer, a photographer, and she went, "Oh, Sarah, you do this, don't you?" So oh, that's really cool. Yeah, <laughs> so so that's kind of like cool. an accidental niche, yeah. but really cool. Yeah, yeah, you know. But so, I mean, I obviously work you know write for other creative stuff too i've done lots of, creative of course bits, but obviously yeah. it does go back to writing i can write well for photographers because i've been a photographer so been a photographer. yeah well, oh still a photographer yes. yeah, yeah, yeah exactly so, yeah i think it's really interesting but i i think there's there's a lot i mean I, there's so much more we could unpick but i'm conscious mm. of time um but i think what's what's our takeaway kind of pithy thing do you reckon th- from it, this? for me it's got to come back to you know it's being for me it's being professional it's not what it's not about what you think it you know what you think a corporate you know professional corporate should look like 
it's about it's just about valuing your client and actually treating your client with with respect and um you know providing the best possible service that you can for treating treating your clients as if as you would your own members of your own family and you know how you would want to be treated by a professional that's maybe mm. that's the thing that i yeah i think i would, would, I would go concur. back to I would, yeah well, i would concur. concur that's me being very... an english wanker not me being a well aren't you so professional um... <laughs> sometimes i use words that i really like and then i sound like i'm being a, but a, then a, you know you, weasel, you, but... you've done the whole academia thing haven't you i i sometimes i'm sometimes very jealous of your um your word usage because i feel like i sound cult common as muck quite frankly but oh don't be daft don't be daft <laughs> um i no, i just really like words and i will always find exactly the right word and that's that's again that's part of if, if you want someone who doesn't use obscure words don't book me that's not your thing <laughs> Um, oh, I love an obscure word. I do love an obscure <laughs> word. Me too. I actually, as a child, used to read the dictionary. I am that sad. I'm holding my but hand up. That was me wonderful. too. In fact, my dad used to call me the human dictionary when I was a kid. Oh, that's quite. Oh, that's another whole conversation. <laughs> I was just about to say, have you ever have you ever been to a human library? Have you ever been? I've been a human book, and it was really good fun. No. But we will, I will try and add a link to that because they do have that. I've got Please. a friend that's doing it currently, actually. Yeah, it's really interesting. I'm already interested. Um, so you can, you can borrow a human book and then talk to that person and they you ask them questions <gasps> and they respond from their experience and then you give them back and you go to another one oh and they God. run them at various... They used to do them at the Union at Chelmsford Library. And, um, oh, you were in Chelmsford. You were probably there when we did it. And so um, I did one about dance because I'd always danced. So we I, I lent myself as a as a, as a book on, on being a dancer. Wow. It was really fun. I'm fascinated really by that. That's yeah, it was amazing. So, um, yeah. Going back to... Um, Professionalism. Professionalism. <laughs> Sorry. <coughs> you can cut that bit if you need to. That's fine. I think, do, do you know what? I think professionalism, thinking about it from the, the paramedic background, it's about having standards, isn't it, really? It's about having a, a standard yes. in how you um, provide your service or your, you know, your, your business to somebody and, yes. and sticking to those standards. And Yes. And I, I think just, I think what you said just earlier actually is treating your clients, your suppliers, your colleagues, your peers, your people, yes. you know, everyone networking around contacts, you. whoever, contact treating with, everyone yeah. around you in, in, in a way that you would also want to be treated. Yes. Um, I mean, actually, that's a really good example there. And consistency. Yes, because, you know, how many times have you and I gone off and tried other different services and we've come back to each other and gone, oh my God, I'm so glad I don't treat my clients that way, you know. <laughs> so much in fact there are there are some things that i have experienced i'm just like i don't know how you're even still in business exactly, because yeah you know if you are this bad at communicating and this bad at delivering on on what someone's paid for yes. i don't understand how they're still running and this is multiple this is not just one or two there there are a surprising number out there mm. um so i think you know being professional actually isn't complicated it's not um, i think the very last point i would also like to make particularly for any photographers who are listening and i suspect there are other industries that are similar being professional, being a professional, has got absolutely fuck all to do with how much money you earn from yes, that particular thing. Yes, I agree. Oh, God, yeah. And I know we didn't write about it, and I know we're a bit over no, time, no, this but is I good feel to like that's a really important point, point yeah. to make. So there is, I know in photography, there is this real thing about, oh, you're only professional if you make more than 50% of it, or if you make all of your income from photography. That's absolutely fucking bollocks. Like, there is no truth to that at all. I agree. For me, if you are competent at something happy to offer it to somebody else and you can consistently deliver on your promises so if you promise a shoot and you can deliver on that yep. or you promise uh, something else and you can deliver on that that makes you a professional absolutely 
you don't magically earn all your money from something the minute you turn pro. No. That's not a thing. And this whole But I it mean, doesn't stop you being a professional. Being professional and being a professional is not linked to the money. Absolutely. Would, because would you yeah, agree? I abs hundred percent agree with that with lights blazing and flashing because that's just yes yeah, spot on definitely yeah. i mean that you, that's a very classic one is it especially in the photography field is that you know that i'm thinking to wedding photography here from when i first began that if you were a weekend warrior in that you were doing it as a she's <laughs> side a horrible phrase. phrase i hated it then you were you couldn't be considered a professional photographer but you know, I was I was delivering a great service to my clients because it, they're still showing their photos to this day, much to my disgust. You know, I, I think it is. Yeah, no, I don't. And I, I don't I don't think it's just photography, but photography mm. is the um, industry very, that we both yeah, have bitter experience about about in. It in um, yeah. And I think it is nothing to do with what you're earning or how often you're doing it. It's about your consistency, your competency, your quality. Um, it's all of those things that that really sum it up for me. I agree. More than, you know, even if what you're doing is two shoots a year fine if you're doing them to a decent standard and you're promising something and delivering that something yeah there's no reason you can't call yourself a professional if there's a happy so. client at the end of it and they're going to go off and yeah. tell other people yeah. about you you've been if your client is happy yeah then you've you've done your professional you've met job. a standard yeah, and you've you know you've delivered you have done your professional job professionally exactly <laughs> i think that's all we need to say yes. on that really isn't I it i think that's an excellent note to end on so um <laughs> good point well raised until next episode thank you for listening yes thank and, you everyone um, as always we'd love we would love your um your thoughts yes. your experiences your tales of horror um tales of good usually tales of horror aren't we? but yeah <laughs> but we, we like the good as well them, as the so bad definitely we like yeah. all, we like all of it we just like stories yes. really that's why we do this absolutely yeah. thank you till next time bye. bye thanks so much for listening we'd love for you to rate us review us and subscribe on your favorite podcast app five stars please where can people find us online carla we are on facebook and instagram at creative reboot co and we also have a Facebook group, which we'd love you to join to come and talk to us about the episodes. Just search for Creative Reboot Group. And you can also go to our website, creativereboot.co, where you can subscribe to our mailing list and get in touch with us if you fancy being a guest or have topics that you want us to chat about. We'll look forward to seeing you there. Oh, yeah.